to Simpler. We are three pastors, husbands, and fathers on a journey to make life simpler by holding Jesus as the core for every belief and practice. This journey has shaped us to be more like Christ, freed us from the shame of failure, and encouraged us to a deeper love of our Lord and God. We invite you to join us in the discussions that have shaped and continue to shape our lives. Baby. We're on. Check. Okay. Your hair is beautiful today, Pierce. Does it look that bad, man? It looks pretty crazy. It's just, I texted my barber the other day and I said, hey man, do you do haircuts on Sunday? And he said, not tomorrow, it's my birthday. Holy. How unbelievably selfish was that you know what he's Come actually on, miller he's actually listening and that's that's my boy miller so happy <laughs> miller. happy happy late birthday he's miller my hey, birthday. Birthday. yeah what a great guy birthday boy i mean i don't know when the next time he's gonna get a haircut man his hair's gotten <laughs> so long but happy shout out to miller i need mean, to i need to cut my hair i mean do, i know man. mine's really short but i'm liking it miller short on your days. birthday do you do you call it miller time oh hey, please do it's miller time awesome. That'd be awesome. Ryan, how you doing, man? It's good to see you. Thank you. I'm doing well. We never see each other. I'm so glad that September is behind us. September was yeah, yeah. very busy. <laughs> so it's nice. We finally woke up. September ended. <laughs> yep. That's the, that's the joke. Oh. I'm, I'm going to keep going with that joke. Okay. That's a Green Day joke. Wake okay. up when September ends. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That was after woke the up. sellout, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. it was during, yeah, during American Idiot, kind of during the time. Yeah, that was yeah. after the sellout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Green Day was very, very popular in 1993 when I went to tech. Yeah, when Jurassic Park came out. Good year, man. Yeah. When I was when I was three. When I was but a lad. Micah, how you doing? <laughs> oh, I'm good, man. I'm good. Good. When you were but a lad. But a lad. We're in the time of year where uh, where Texas is cooling off, and so it's a good time. We yes. get uh, 60 degree mornings and 60 degree evenings and 90 degree days, and so it's a it's a good time. Yes. Good time. It's a good time here in October in Texas. We hope you guys listening and watching are enjoying episodes every week. Man, it's weird. It's it's uh it's I guess it feels like a whole new load because we're we're having to come up with topics more often. We're we're getting you guys's uh, submissions in. We're we're having some people kind of communicate back and forth, and so I want you guys to know. You're talking to me on the Instagram and on social media. So hit us up. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know any topics that you guys want to hear. And if, and we are going to be getting to them. We are discussing them. If you guys don't hear them super fast, that's because we want to discuss them. We want to flush them out. We want to, uh, to see or flesh them out. Wow. Yeah. I was going to say, did you say yeah, flush again? I did. I did <laughs> We've man. had that whole talk we before. We have so many times. We want to flesh them out. We don't want them to be just bare bones. We want them to have muscle and blood and flesh. We don't want to flush. No. That's what we want to do. So, uh, send you guys, man. You got. We know that that in in the Christian life, there's questions that you guys have, and in your walks. And so, you know what? Send them our way as well. We want to have those conversations. We we want to in this community make them simpler. That's the goal, right? <laughs> because uh, too often we we make life too muddy and too too complicated, and that's the whole goal of this podcast, right? The Christian life could be so much simpler. Wouldn't you guys agree? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's what we did. That's why we created a podcast called Simpler. And while we're at it, you know what? Let's just take a little sidestep over to the PCC. This is Pierce's Culture Corner. Hey, welcome, everybody. Hey, right here. There we go. Camera three in the studio. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's right. Hey, so uh, so I don't know if you guys uh, live in Texas. You do. You definitely do. Um, you too, Stephen. You live in Texas. Yeah. Uh, that's correct. There's been a lot of things happening kind of surrounding something called the heartbeat bill. I don't know if you guys have seen the commotion that have, yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty, I, I'm, yeah, it's pretty awesome. There's uh, so if you guys aren't aware, which I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but it is an, a, an abortion restriction bill that has been passed. Um, and I guess I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but it's something that restricts abortion. You gave, you gave it a little bit more of a summary beforehand. Do you want to give that summary again, Micah, of just how, how Ryan how, might actually know more of the nuances. I mean, okay. I'll give you the gist of it. the gist yeah. is like, it's, I mean, Texas has always kind of been in this, um, camp of the forefront of trying to eliminate what Roe versus Wade did. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Roe versus Wade did mm-hmm. in the 74, okay, early 70, 70s, 73, basically making abortion legal in the United States. And so, I mean, I'm obviously not in that camp. Yes. Um, you guys aren't either that Jesus. believe that it's okay to kill babies. So yeah. this, this bill is basically making it 
um, where a doctor could get um, sued basically by almost anybody if they perform an abortion after heartbeat or after six weeks ish mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. I forget what the exact time frame is. Is it six? Is it six weeks? Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So, so yeah, so now you guys are cop to speed. If you didn't know what the heartbeat bill was, uh, better summary. And if you're aware, if you're listening and you're like, man, we don't like this bill. I just got to tell you right now, like, uh, we're very like pro saving babies. Yeah. Absolutely. A hundred percent. So, I mean, if you got some thoughts on it, hit us up on the social media and let us know. Yeah. Like it's, 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 that's not going to be something I'm ever ashamed to talk about. Oh yeah, no, for not sure. one bit. Yeah. That's not, yeah. hundred percent. My my culture commentary. That's not something that that I'm going to like. Like you said, we're not going to talk around talking circles. We we have a firm stance on that. My culture commentary, culture contemplation on it is this: because if you've been on Facebook, if you're from Texas, if you've seen a lot of it going down, there's political war memes, everything you can think of on social media or surrounding this. As much as you can imagine, there is this, and there has been some stuff happening within. Um, I guess the satanic church, you would say, or the, is it the church of Satan? I don't know what the actual term I think is. They call themselves the church of Satan. The yeah. church of Satan. I think. Um, which what they're trying to do is, is have. Well, oh, you didn't know that that's not actually Satan. It's like some French dude named Satan. Satan. <laughs> the church of Satan. It just He's makes Satan. it. <laughs> yeah. None of the members know. No, nobody knows. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like, wait a minute, guys. Why does everybody always mispronounce my name? Hey, it's just me, guys. <laughs> but what they're trying to do is they're trying to get kind of within their their church, their religious bylaws, abortion included in that so that they can fall under religious freedom, right? And so what I'm seeing on social media is people screenshotting these articles, screenshotting these things, creating uh, kind of propaganda, a digital propaganda kind of around this to promote, hey, basically, if you guys want an abortion, this is how they're promoting it. If you guys want an abortion, this is a way around it. And my very first thought looking at this is that the people sharing this aren't outspoken Satanists by any means. The people sharing this aren't people that are avid followers of the Church of Satan, the Church of Satan. <laughs> the people sharing this are people who are. Wow. Siri? <laughs> oh, wow. Siri wanted a word in on that. They're always listening. Wow. The people sharing this are the people who are pro-choice. The people sharing this, are the people who are, they're trying to find a way around this bill. And what they're doing is they're trying to find a loophole. They're trying to find a way around the system. And there's a level of that, that as someone who has tried to find a way around a lot of systems in the past, there's a level of it that I'm like, <laughs> sure, whatever. But hey, there you go. Dr. Pepper, not a sponsor. But there's also a level of my first thought was like, what kind of, what, how many people do they actually think are going to go into a situation like this and say, and actually proclaim, I'm a worshiper of Satan. I can go kill my baby. And even if they don't phrase it like that, I'm a worshiper of Satan. I have the, I have the choice to do this. Cause even at that point, what they're doing, they're not, they're no longer upholding their pro-choice issue they're merely upholding abortion at that point, or they're upholding religious freedom at that point. They're, they're pushing aside their, um, their stance of pro-choice at that point. They're merely upholding, I'm just going to get an abortion. Like they're merely just, it's all about abortion at that point. It's no longer about pro-choice. I just need an abortion. And I guess at that point, sure, they're bringing in the, the desperation play because that's been a lot of people's argument is what about rape? What about incest? What about all these things? And that's been a lot of people's discussion is what about all those things? And again, if you guys want to have those conversations with us, send messages. We want, we, we want to have those conversations. We, we are more than willing to have those conversations. I have people who said we are 100% against killing babies. We want to have those conversations. But at that, type, at that type of play, what they're saying is, hey, guys, go claim to be a worshiper of Satan and go get an abortion if you're 100% desperate. And I really am curious if we're going to see that. I have thoughts. Do you want that. to share those? Thoughts? Yeah. So I feel like what we're seeing set up right now is maybe a more um, sped up intense process of what we call end times. Mm. 
I think that there's a lot being set up now for the things that we see played out in Revelation and Daniel and some other places. Um, obviously, you guys know Pierce, you're in this too. Ryan's officially now in this as well. As well. Steven's in it big too, but we're all crypto guys. Hey! Now. Um, I don't know if I'm a crypto guy, in, but I'm in. Right. Yeah, yeah, in like I, I, yeah you've, you've bought some. <laughs> I, I have like my pinky toe in the water. That's right. <laughs> but you you're know? in. I'm in. So I, I think that bit. one yeah. of the things I've heard that is a little bit disturbing is, is one of the guys I follow on YouTube, he's got the largest YouTube crypto channel, says he he is friends in the upper echelon of the banking system who say that the goal of the US is to create deflation where the dollar has more value um in the near future setting up for the US to have its own digital currency and their goal with the digital currency is for that to become the one world currency like that is the actual statement of these oh, bankers wow. um so hearing that and then hearing people say, I'm willing to associate with the Church of Satan for my political viewpoints, mm -hmm. seems to me like when you see these things played out in Revelation where all the people are gathered to, to oppose Jesus, this is the kind of stuff that sets up for that. So that's my yeah. thought is yeah. it's not so much a reaction to the politics of the law, but I think this is a lot of the actually – Satan himself working yeah. <laughs> to bring across and bring about what's coming in the end time. So as much as I'm like, I think it's stupid that someone would be like, yeah, I'm going to associate with the church of Satan so that I can have my choice. I, I there's part of me at the same time. that's like, this stuff's coming. You know oh, I mean? yeah. yeah. And just because just as a side note for some of you here, like, well, why are you in cryptocurrency? If it's going to be a one world digital currency, man, if I can, if I can do some kingdom work with the money from the enemy right now, bring it on. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> Using the, system, Using the system. Using the system, 100%. Yeah. So that's what I think is going on. With uh, So, yeah. like, I agree with you. It would seem weird that someone would be like, yeah, I'm going to associate with this group just so I can be in my political viewpoint of abortion. But I think that if you, if you look at it from a perspective of, of the end coming and the end yeah. being set up, it, it makes a lot of sense. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I mean, as bad as the last year and a half have been, a lot of people are feeling like we're right on the verge of in time yeah maybe yeah. we maybe we need to talk about that soon in the podcast yeah okay. the, la the last days you know let's do it that'd be dope i just think uh i, I just want to remind everybody who's listening that that peter and paul also thought they were in the last days yeah, so like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like i mean as yeah. jerusalem fell in 70 a.d everybody's like oh man he's coming back it's time yeah. so our world is really bad and uh, yeah. it is why we need a savior. It is why we long for Christ and ache for Christ. Mm -hmm. And so, and maybe a point on on topics like this. Like, obviously, we are very pro life here. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, um, I mean, in seventh grade, I was wearing the precious feet pin on right. my on my. You maybe are a little yeah. more pro life for a long. But <laughs> even in the midst of that, like, I think it's it's important for us to remember that someone who disagrees with us on this issue is not our enemy. These are people Passional. that, that no. need Jesus too. And I, I mean, just to be completely honest, if you are someone who's a follower of Jesus and you are like for killing babies, I would love for us to have conversations. I'd be interested to know how you put those two things together. Um, and you're going to ask me like, what about war? I don't love war either. I don't love killing in general. I think there's a lot of, yeah. you know, bad stuff out there, but I think yeah. that um, like, it's important for us to remember as Christians that just because someone disagrees with us politically doesn't mean they're our enemy. Yeah, I think Absolutely. that's super important because we we three at this table and Stephen over there at that table, uh, we we love people and mm -hmm. um and our desire is for people to know Christ. Uh, and it doesn't and so, mean I have to have conversations with them all the time. No, but it does. Uh, it, I think what we can't do is we can't we can't hate people because they disagree. Well, with and those things. and I I think I, I would temper your statement just a little bit that you just made like you would have state conversations with those people all the time. You wouldn't have conversations oh, yeah, yeah. with those people that were fruitless conversations yes. or where they were seeking right. warfare with you. Right, right, right. But if I've never legit. known you to not have a conversation no, with someone. they someone. really want to know and ask. It's, yeah, it's, it's just the combative people. I'm not yeah, yeah, yeah. wasting my time. Yeah, so, but that to me is not conversation. Yeah, That's people you. who are seeking to just, they're just coming to yeah, shoot right. you down. Right, and so right. I, I've never seen you not engage someone in conversation who really even if you walk away with disagreeing viewpoints who really wanted to have a conversation yeah, with you, you're going to sit down with always them. Always up for a conversation. Yeah. So true. Absolutely. Good point. I had another Good thought point. about, <laughs> about the currency thing. I just want to throw out there. Yeah. So we're all heavily invested in this company called Cardano. Mm -hmm. Heavily. I mean, like, again, I, okay, you're, I'm just including you with us. Okay. You're heavily. <laughs> 
Tucson. When I start selling my Steven. artistic NFTs or something, <laughs> then I'll be heavily so invested. You said, you said your pinky toes in. There are alligators in that water, and it's about 48 hours before one grabs your pinky toe <laughs> and you're in. Yeah. Yeah, they'll pull, pull you in. We'll um, see. We'll see. There, there's, it's funny because there's this community of people that are are like in the camp of Cardano, like that love the company, love the product, love what it's doing. And there's all this like dissension for people outside of that community that like there's a lot of hate for Cardano from like some of the old school Ethereum guys. It's just it's funny how it's like in the Cardano world, I mean in the crypto world, there's these these clicks as well. And I I it's funny because I think that there's a sense where even in the midst of crypto, you see that same kind of thing playing out. People are like you're a Cardano guy, you're an Ethereum guy, I hate you, I don't want to have anything to do with you. And it's just funny how quickly we are to divide ourselves over yeah, things funny. that don't have a lot of mm-hmm. eternal value. And I think it's crucial for us to remember, like, man, our goal here is to be light, to, mm-hmm. to show people who Jesus <laughs> is. And in the midst of anything we're doing, we can't forget that that's the goal. Like, have yeah. your opinions, have yeah. your thoughts, but let your goal be Jesus. Well, and as strongly as we feel about abortion, the reason that we can sit all, still sit down and have conversations with people is because abortion as an issue in itself is not salvific. Yeah, right. uh, it, it doesn't right. it doesn't earn your salvation or lose your salvation. Uh, right. Salvation yeah. is still a matter of Christ, which is why, for us, as passionate as we are pro life guys, it is a it is a secondary issue to Christ and the Absolutely. cross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely, one hundred percent. That was a great podcast, guys. Yeah, that all was. right, all right. See you later. <laughs> oh boy, let's see here. What am I going to say? Oh my goodness. To do I, I don't this? even want to know <laughs> what your transition is on this one. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> well, we did a lot of talk about the church of Satan. <laughs> but I feel like oh, there's man. another church that's even more popular than that. <laughs> what would that church be? Well, what what is the church? You know what, Ryan? I feel like <laughs> I feel like you should ask that question, and you should talk about that. I think, that's I think that's what we're talking about today. What is? I think we need to go back to one church. one what episode is a the month. Because <laughs> <laughs> my brain can only happen handle one, 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 <laughs> one episode a month from now on. Oh uh, gosh, we need we need what we need, Stephen, is we need really bad transition music so that when he's stumbling trying to figure out how we, I don't have enough. I feel like for everything we need, I yeah. feel like. The bad transitions originally were like, they're just so bad, but now it's just a part of the episode. <laughs> it's just part that of was, it. That was 45 <laughs> seconds of you going, I... Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, well, uh, man, we need we need something like a wah, wah, wah. We have that, don't we? We have that? There you go. There we go. <laughs> Thank you, Steven. It's all about timing, though. You got to get it in. Yeah. Right and then if you miss it, you're like, all right. Uh, it's too late. late. Well, yeah. What is the church? Well, uh, the church simply is the bride of Christ. And uh, the church are those who have come to faith in Jesus. But Ryan, aren't all people who go to church on Sunday the church? Well, actually, Pierce, that's dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, I mean, the reality is, here's the way that I think about it a, a lot of times, because I don't think it's changed from the first century. I don't think that as a general rule, people's view of Christ has changed since the first century. Uh, and and what you have is you have a lot of people who follow Jesus. Um, he healed them. We talked recently in a sermon about him caring for people and healing people in their sickness and their affliction and their uh, different uh, various life circumstances. And he's ministering to these needs and people would follow him. And in John 6, we see that a lot of people are following him. And then he raises the bar and says, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part with me. Yeah. And all the people go, we're out. We're gone That's and they leave. Too weird, too much. Yeah. And and so I think, I don't think anything's different in the 21st century than it was in the first century. I think that there are a lot of people who follow Jesus for what they can get out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and let's just be really honest. I can't prove this. I am. I have got to find a book. Listen, I love to read. So if you're out there and you're a listener and you know, I don't know if there is such a book, but if you know that there's a book that talks about the early church in America, I, I have a theory that most of the the first churches in any community in America were a business center. Um, because like 
you would go there and you would know who you wanted to trade with and who you wanted to do business with. And that's how you'd know. You'd look across the aisle, oh, so-and-so's over here and they do this kind of work. I'll trade with them. And I kind of feel like that's still how churches are used today, that a lot of people who have prominent businesses are going to church and they're, uh, they're, they're, they're drawing in business. I don't know. I, I think that church is a lot of times just a trade center. You know, I don't think that it's very far away from Jesus saying this should be a house of prayer, but you've made it a, a robber's mm-hmm. den, you know? Uh, and, and so I think when Michael, what you were talking about a moment ago, when all of this comes to a head and we all have to live in bunkers and trade our crypto on some little thumb drive <laughs> that we have with our hemp pants and our, uh, peppermint oils in our pockets. And I'm just, I'm not taking shots at all of you guys. I'm just trying to be a little bit goofy. I'm people really wear hemp pants. We're going to have to, it's just the law. Once you, once them? you trade in, <laughs> once you trade in Cardano or whatever <laughs> it is, you know, like, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but when. When the world comes to the brink and and we are on the the verge of the final and the revelation of all things and the apocalypse, uh, a lot of people are going to be done with Christ. They're going to be done with the church because they're not going to be willing to suffer. They're not going to be willing to. They're not going to be willing to be called out as a believer. They're not going to be willing to possibly be arrested. They're not going to be willing to. Which I guess we could say we're seeing that in parts of the world now where there's all heavy over, persecution. Yeah. All over the world right now, yeah. right? And so. Um, we, we know with all the stuff that was happening in Afghanistan a few weeks ago, that there were a lot of Christians who gave up their lives, uh, for their faith. We also know that that some churches reported that there were a lot of people who came to faith in that time. And so there's this really interesting dynamic where I think that, that the chaff, the, uh, the weeds within the church are stripped away and then the church is made stronger uh, but, but the church is not just people who attend on Sunday. So listen to me carefully. Those of you who are, um, who've been following this podcast for a while, your church attendance does not make you part of the bride of Christ, part yeah. of the church of God. It is your faith in Jesus. Yeah. And if you're a church attender without faith in Jesus, you are not part of the church. Uh, you might be a member, you, you might be like, well, I have my membership with such and such a church. They have my letter or whatever, but like <laughs> that, that is not remotely the same thing. And, um, and it's just, it's, it's just really interesting that like, uh, uh, I recently sat down with a, a, a guy who, um, is a, is a Christian Jew and he was talking about the ministry. I didn't know this. Uh, they don't, they don't like to be called missionaries, uh, because in Israel, apparently a lot of people, when they think of missionaries, they think of Mormons. Well, no, they actually, they actually think of, of stuff like, uh, like the crusades, Mm. Um, oh. and, and so that's what they associate missionaries with. And because, uh, the Jews are like, man, we serve Yahweh God and you're coming in here and you're trying to lead me to a false God. And so really these, these, uh, and force me into this other kind of thing. So he was saying that they don't like that term. And he said, and Jews loathe the cross, like loathe it, like consider it wicked and would never be caught dead with it around their neck or on shirt or on their church or whatever. And he said, he said that they'd been doing some work in this community for a few years and building relationships with these people and leading them to Christ. And he said that a a guy came uh, from Mexico or something like that and dressed up like Jesus and drug across all through Jerusalem for a few weeks and basically wrecked everything they had done because immediately the people were like, Oh, so this is what you Christians are all about. And, and yikes. And so like, Anyway, like to belong to the church, to be part of the church is to be people of faith, to be people who say Jesus is our Lord. And so, um, yeah, talk more about that. Go. What do you guys have to say? I think the, like you're alluding to like a cultural misnomer and what you called the early church earlier. I think there for a long time, at least in the West has been this, I'm, I'm obviously not historian, Christian historian, but from what I understand, it'd be so cool if you were, that would be so cool. (laughs) It'd be cool if I had the motivation to like put the effort in to do the classes. It's not going to happen because there's a lot of my smarter friends out there. I can just ask questions about who's done this. Anyway. So from what I understand (laughs) is when Constantine like implemented his like, you know, verdict or whatever that everybody had to be Christian in essence, that's kind of what we can see is like the beginning of what I'm going to call the institution of the church. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the institution of the church is when like the death of what 
the communal aspect you see in Acts, for example, how the church lived began. Mm-hmm. I think you see pockets of it that have survived, obviously, through the years. But I think what you're alluding to is this like institutionalization of the church. And it takes different facets, I think, within different cultures. And I think um, I heard a professor um, talking about this a few years ago that he felt like um, that my parents' generation, the boomers, all those boomers were the ones who brought in what he calls the, uh, like the business aspect to the church, the CEO model into the church. He felt like their parents, um, the greatest generation, I think is what they're called, were the people, excuse me, Dr. Pepper's coming right back out. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Were the the ones whose like entire world was wrapped around doing life together. Mm -hmm. And then when you bring in the boomers, they bring in this model of, of business into the church where it's, it's an organization with structure and the CEO and employees. And that's when you see like kind of what we grew up in and this institutionalization of the church. And I think that Mm -hmm. that's where, that's where you see the, maybe the perspective come in strongly where people have this sense of like, I need to belong to a church because it's my civic duty or I'm mm-hmm. a business person. I need to be mm. viewed in a certain way. Yeah. So I'm going to attend church. I still do. I still do events at churches where there it's usually smaller churches in, in, in smaller towns, but where it's like the thing, like if you're a business owner, if you sell insurance, if you're a banker, or you own the car dealership, you all go to the same church because yeah. This is just what you do. Now, so those people might actually be believers. Sure. Um, but I think that it's there's an aspect where it's it's cultural. And so the, I, to, to, to make a, the point simpler, I think there's a, a good chance that a lot of people that go to church on Sunday today think that they are part of the church of Jesus Christ for something other than faith. Yeah. Um, and I think what's, I don't think we have to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I don't think we have to get rid of mm. the structure of, what we call church on Sunday in the way that it is. I think we can start removing some of the institutionalization of it and go back to this communal kind of model. But I think that what's important and crucial for us who have put our faith in Jesus is to, to remember that even within our churches, local churches, there's opportunity to share the gospel with people because there's people that are in churches that aren't actually part of the church, which is the church of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that, as far as like what you were saying, like throwing the baby out with the bathwater, do you think that with like, I feel like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, just because this is when I was beginning to notice it, early 2000s into the 2010s, we begin to see less and less Sunday schools and more and more small groups. We begin to see more of more of that model. And so people didn't want to stop meeting on Sundays, but they did want to start more of like a home church model with small groups um, is, do you think that was more people trying to get back to maybe what they saw in the Bible or but what they saw in acts or what they saw? It's in- possible. And I was, my dad's a pastor. So I was kind of on the inside of, of all that. I used to go to his conferences with my dad, even when I was a teenager. So let me tell you what I saw. I don't know mm-hmm. if this is across the board. Yeah. What I saw is, is that somebody started this trendy model mm-hmm. um, called small groups. And there was an aspect where a lot of people wanted to have a piece of it. And a lot of what a lot of churches did is they started a small group model that was basically a Sunday school class in somebody's home. Yeah. Um, is how I'm going to, I'm saying that like, yeah. not, not all of them are like, but that's, that's kind of the, what, what happened. And so I think that the model maybe in its intention and purpose originally, whoever even thought of small groups, the modern small group model, the intention and purpose was probably like, legit. But I think mm-hmm. what happened is, is, is people saw this trendy thing and started to, they wanted to be part of the trend. I, what I'm saying is I feel like the majority of people weren't doing it because they wanted to change their model yeah. of doing, doing it's it was a trend because it was trend. Yeah. And I so I you. think like, even I had started listening to a uh, month before last, the rise and fall of Mars Hill yeah. podcast. And I heard this snippet where I don't know who mentioned it. I don't know if it was Mark Driscoll saying this in, in one of the sermons or, but, uh, they said like, we don't do small groups. We do community groups. And what he was saying is, and this was like, I remember this, like I was in college at the time when, when Mars Hill was blowing up. And yeah. I remember this like, and as like an, a very young Gen Xer or, or arguably a super old millennial, I'm not really sure exactly. That's why they call us Zennials. I, I remember the feeling like emotionally of saying, I see the fallacies in the way that people do church, that this isn't actually the church of Jesus Christ. This is like some other model. Yeah. Um, and I don't want it, I don't want it to look this way. I want it to be different. I want to change it. And I think that's kind of the essence of maybe the, the, 
like the good part of someone like Mark Chris, Mark Driscoll and what they were trying to do is do something different yeah. that had the uh, like at its core the correct purpose and um, direction. And I, I think that there was something I felt the same way. Like I don't I don't want to just sing songs the same way they've been done for the last fifty years. I yeah. want to I want to have good content and music, but I don't want it to be just some boring thing we do every Sunday yeah. where we sing the first, second, and last verse of a hymn because it's what we're supposed to do. And we stand and we sit and uh, like I I didn't I've never liked status quo for the sake mm-hmm. of status quo. I want it to be intentional and purposeful. Yeah. So I felt that like I want it to change. But I think that um, when 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 someone creates a model that looks a little different, there's obviously resistance. There are a lot of people who are like, we're not going to change. We're going to keep church the way it is. And there were people who like, we want to change, but they didn't know why they just wanted to do something yeah. different. Um, and I think what was missing in all that is a recognition that like Paul says in first Corinthians 12, that we are one in Christ mm-hmm. made one by the spirit yeah. that the, those who have put faith in Jesus Christ are the church of Jesus Christ nothing can divide us mm-hmm. because we're made one by the spirit. Yeah. We can act divided. Yeah. We can disagree on things and worship in different places, but you can't actually divide us. We are, cause we're made one by the spirit. The right. spirit can't be broken. The spirit can't be separated. Um, and so I think when we remember that and let that shape how we do our local church gatherings and local church structure. Now we're not just trying to follow a trend. We're not trying to do something different for the sake of being different. We're not trying to create another institution. We're literally just trying to be who we are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's the core of what um, I feel like is important. I know you guys feel like is important is that we just function as followers of Jesus Christ who put our faith in him, do life together, follow the model of like people did in acts where they met each other's needs and they mm-hmm. prayed together. They ate together. They did life together yeah. so that God would add to the number daily yeah. through that example. If you love me, Jesus says to his disciples, you'll, or, or, by this all men will know you, you're my disciples. Yeah. If you love one another, there's that core sense of saying, here's who we are made that way by the spirit through faith mm-hmm. in Jesus Christ. So I, I'm still not convinced to answer your question, Pearson. That's a really long explanation. No, I'm still not convinced that a lot of the way that people do church, and I'm using that word separately than the church of Jesus Christ, yeah. is because they feel compelled to by a biblical model or because that's who they are. I think that, that most people still do church because that's the way they've always done church. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, I think even in our conversation right now, our tendency is to talk about the church universal, like everybody who's put faith in Christ. Yeah. Most of the times when Paul refers to it, he's speaking to an individual body, which you alluded to just a second ago, Micah, about the importance of meeting each other's needs and taking care of one another and praying mm-hmm. for one another. Like it, the the Greek word ekklesia that we typically translate church, which I hate that translation. You can talk to me about it another time if you want, but uh, is is the assembly. It's, it's the, these gathering. saints, right? The gathering, right? So the gathering in Ephesus, to the gathering in Ephesus, I say this, or to the assembly in Corinth, I say this. And yet there was this interesting thing that uh, Paul, in his letter to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 8 says, man, I was sharing and bragging about what God has been doing among you to the saints in Macedonia, and it stirred them up to be generous. And now the Two of you guys collectively as bodies of Christ are also giving to the body of Christ, the assembly of Christ in Jerusalem. And so there, there's there's this dual kind of existence in the scripture where we, who pastor the 456, we are the assembly that meets in Dove Creek, you know, mm-hmm. in our building. Uh, but we also recognize that we are a part of a bigger family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and we are a part of the saints in Jerusalem. We're part of the saints in Afghanistan. We're part of the saints in China. And so like um, what I think, is missing, Micah, a lot of times in kind of the CEO model is almost, I think what has happened is there's almost too much autonomy. Like there's almost too oh. much, you know, like this is us, this is our mm. church and our group and Which our you, thing you and our see, forum. You've been there. You've both been here. You go to a pastor's conference and people like other pastors are like, Hey, how many people go to your church? Right. <laughs> what they're asking is, is I want to, I want to see how I stack up next I mean, to you. It's a, really a pissing vulgar way of saying this. And it goes a little deeper than that, but like, yeah. you know, who's, who's got, who's got a bigger one? Like that's yeah. in essence what they're saying. And you yeah. can take that in any way you want to take that. It's exactly what's bigger going on. Well, yeah. But it is, it, it's why, it's why the Baptist <laughs> convention, you want to take it. <laughs> it's why the Baptist convention still has like these award banquets every year where you can get an award for baptizing the most people or yeah. whatever. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah, man. 
And and the th- I'm, I'm so glad. <laughs> it was, so I haven't gone. I haven't gone. Funny, half what's crap funny about that is I'm to. sure the intentionality in, in the beginning was was probably a, like potentially a good thing. Like we want to encourage you to do this, but oh yeah, what you encouraged was the wrong competition. Thing. Oh yeah, you encouraged yeah. the wrong thing. Yeah, and and so so what people need to understand is that uh, you guys who are listening, there is probably a church family that you're part of. Mm-hmm. You know, and that family is supposed to operate as the bride of Christ. That family, Corinthians and Romans, when it says that we are one body, he's talking about that assembly specifically there in Rome or that mm-hmm. assembly. But but we can't miss the fact that even in his letter in, in Rome, when he's writing to whomever he's writing, he says, also greet the church that meets in the house of Priscilla and Aquila. Yeah. Like there's there's this idea that there are these couple, at least two church bodies in Rome. And, yeah. and not only that, but uh, Colossae, right? And mm-hmm. Ephesus, he encourages them to read the letters. And I think it's at the end of the letter to Colossae. He says, have this read also in Ephesus and let their letter be read to you. So there was an understanding that, okay, Colossae, like the church in Ephesus is having this huge division. Colossae might not necessarily be having that same division, but Paul's saying what I wrote to them, I want you to understand as yeah. well, because there's a collective nature to it. Um, and yeah. when, when, Let's talk about this for just a minute. Michael, you just touched on it. Um, I, I don't, I feel like there are a lot of pastors who are so proud of their building and their form and their structure that they feel like they're in competition with everybody else all the time. Mm-hmm. And if if we really get it, like here in the San Angelo area, any guess on how many churches we have? I have no clue. I mean, a hundred churches. Uh, maybe? Are we talking about like? I mean, are we talking about churches who agree with us on faith? No, in uh, general. Well, I'm, just how many churches? Ch- churches like that would proclaim Christ. So, like, not you know, so Mormon synagogues. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. like, not not churches that preach like salvation by works or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, it, there's still a lot, quite a few. Maybe not a hundred, but maybe. You oh, know, I think there's way more than a hundred. Hundred churches in our area, at least. So this guy that I met with a few weeks ago, who's, I can't call him a missionary, but who's preaching Christ in Jerusalem. He says, we have more churches in our area in San Angelo than all of Israel has the entire country of Israel. Right. And, uh, and I mean, I know Israel's not that big, but when you think about it, right. So we have, we have a ton of churches. What ends up happening in a city like ours, uh, that's pretty conservative West Texas town, uh, what ends up happening is there's this sense of competition between pastors yep. instead of uh, general support. Like one of the things that very early on when we were doing the 456, Micah and I were meeting. Uh, in fact, uh, we, we met in your dad's church in the Awana room for a little while. Mm-hmm. And then we met in my living room for a little while. And then probably when we were about a year old, uh, Mac Roller, who's a pastor at another church here in town, took me to lunch and they had an extra building that was way too big for the 17 people we had way too big. And he was like, Hey, I want to show you this building. He took me over to it. And I was like, man, we can't afford it. We don't have, and he goes, no, 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 just use it. Like, we just want you to use it. Right. And, uh, and we've had churches like that who just were super generous to us mm-hmm. and who were super gracious to us. No, no, no. Use our space. No, let us help you. Hey, how do hey, we, help we, I remember when we met with Mac and William, when we, just, we were yeah. telling, uh, Mac said, he goes, man, there's a couple I can think of right now that's been coming to our church that I think should be coming to your church. And so this is him yeah. saying like, there's someone at my assembly right now that I think would be a better fit for your assembly and I'm sending him. So that's, yeah. you're removing the sense of competition mm-hmm. yeah. in general. Yeah. So the other thing that I think is really important is until we separate our view of church from the form and the building, until we can come to that place, yeah. we won't ever survive persecution or the next iteration of trouble for the church. Like, so I I think this, like, I get it. I think if persecution comes, I think that our churches are a lot thinner, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. but I think well before that, I think the tax code changes. And I think 50C3s are either done away with completely or specifically target churches and you don't get tax breaks anymore. Mm -hmm. And when you don't get tax breaks anymore for donating to church churches, my guess is that a lot of people who give to churches will quit giving to churches and then churches won't be able to support themselves anymore. And people will say stuff like they did with COVID. They're like, man, we just haven't been able to do church for the last year. Mm -hmm. And I think we're missing it. Right. Like, yeah, I think that, I think what's going to happen, I don't think the 501c3 will go away. I think that they will, if there's anything happens, they will have to say, they're going to try to say that churches don't qualify for that anymore because of some oppressive thing. The reason I say that is because the NFL is a 501c3. And so that's never going away. Oh, gotcha. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. So, but if they specifically target the churches, I think, I think you see a big 
departure from like or what you see is you see what you said earlier is the chaff gets blown away. Yeah. And yeah. the people who are saying I'm giving not because I mean they're taking the advantage, taking advantage of the system where they get a, you know it's a tax deductible sure, donation. Why not? But when their giving doesn't stop. The supporting of other saints doesn't stop because the removal of of the tax deductible donation goes away. Right. Yeah. I mean that's that's it's, what the authentic church bad. would do. When they remove the tax deductible go, donation status, yeah. they don't stop giving. Right. Because they're part of the body. Yeah. Yeah. And the people who are like, oh well, I don't get a break anymore. I'm done. You know, like I don't know. I just I, I think that um we we've talked about this a little bit in here before, but like we place too much value on form and building. And I mean, just practically speaking, uh, we need, our church needs a bigger building, you know, like we, we can squeeze in a hundred seats and mm-hmm. we, um, like every other Sunday in our second service, at least there's no more room, right? Like, there's just not, you yeah. know, and, and we're at a place where we need some more room. And, and for those of you who haven't been, it's a tiny room. Tiny room. Yeah. <laughs> like you can't put any more seats in there. Right. Uh, right. And and so it's just one of those things that like. But we would also. That's not too, the like, church. You said this recently in, in a Sunday morning service. You said if if things changed culturally in the U.S. where we weren't allowed to do what we're doing now, we wouldn't go away. It would just look different. We right. would be meeting in living rooms across the town. A few of us in different houses across town. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's to your point. What we've done in that moment is we've removed the form right. from mm-hmm. who we are as, as right. the assembly, as the body yeah. of Christ. Yeah. So let's talk about this. Cause I imagine that I get this question from time to time. So I'll be interested in you guys feedback on it. Occasionally people will con- contact me or text me and they'll say, I guess that's still contacting me. Uh, and <laughs> I mean, for you, I'm surprised they didn't write you a letter and you wrote them back and <laughs> no, wrote no. a handwritten check in there. With a- <laughs> yeah, I know I'm old. Okay. Uh, <laughs> But there will be people who say, how do you find a church home? Yeah. Um, so let's speak to that for just a second. Like, how do we help people figure out what it looks like to come in and be part of a church? And what are some things they should look for? And what are some things that... <laughs> Practically, I'll tell you this up front. Get on their website and look. If the website sucks, so it probably does the church. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> uh, I don't know, I, man. I'm not even joking. Like, they're, uh, well, this church doesn't necessarily suck. I think what I've run into They might is, be dated a little bit. <laughs> it, well, and it's not just dated. It's what you what you tend to find is the... the I mean, the, I would say this. There's very few churches that I know of, maybe none, but I'll say very few who are unwilling to contextualize within the culture that are places that I think are probably healthy churches to be at. And what I mean by that is if you have leadership in a church that says we've done this since, you know, since I was four and we're not Mm. changing what they're saying in that moment is our goal isn't to be an assembly that, that honors Jesus and everything we do. Our goal is to keep things status quo. Yeah. And so that's what I mean. So I think it's a fair statement that if you look at the website, First of all, the website's terrible. Um, <laughs> it's probably not a good place. Secondly, if the website is like too dope, um, it's either fake because they're using stock photos. It's not actually their church, which I think we actually do that. We have some yeah, stock photos. <laughs> Yo, when we launched, we didn't have any. We photos. Have any photos. Our, yeah, website's yeah. Not, our website's not. Our website's not too dope. And you yeah. can tell. You can tell too. This part the point because... being, you can you can tell you can tell a lot by the website because because nowadays mm-hmm. with the ability for us to post on the internet, whether social media or website, you can find out a lot about a church just from their webpage and their social media. You can find out their their beliefs. You can find out what what they consider important. So I think that's always yeah. first and foremost. But when you go there, like I'm, I'm ranting a little bit about the way a website looks, but the most important <laughs> yeah, thing <laughs> would be, uh, I just run into it. I, I can't, literally, I can't, if you're out there and you're like, okay, this is a really good church that has a really bad website, please send it to me because I'd like to change my tone, but <laughs> I've not seen it. I've never seen it. But I think if you get on their beliefs page and look at their ministries page and see what's important to them, that's the beginning is Mm -hmm. seeing Mm -hmm. what a church actually is. I I just have a really hard time thinking that in today's age that you can contextualize within a culture in the United States, sorry, in the United States without having, you know, like something online, like it just says, anyways, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it can't exist. I'm just saying, I don't know about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I would say uh, to to kind of branch off of that and or to build more on that, which is branching off, I think the same thing. Yeah, depends. Um, Do you want to be a tree or a building? Both. <laughs> nice. Uh, 
Yeah, find find something or some way to to learn more of their intentions. I think I think a website for sure. You can kind of see you can see where they're devoting their time, how they're devoting time, what kind of a language, what kind of intentionality are does that church have? Um, and I think within that. Uh, you have to have a level of intentionality as well when you're going to a church. I think that I think that we've all seen the people that become the back row Baptists when they're looking for a church. And so what they do is they sneak their way in, they go sit on the back row, they don't say a word to anybody, and then they get their impression by hiding in the back. And they don't talk to anybody the whole time. And I don't know if they went to a website. I don't know what they did, but they <laughs> but they seemingly had no intentionality when they were there. They didn't speak to anybody and, and, sh- and maybe somebody went and talked to them, whatever, uh, maybe not, but usually, but we've seen so many people that'll sneak their way in, sneak their way out. Um, and as some, as a pastor, there's been plenty of times where I've been going around, I'll be, Oh, Hey, I saw that person sneak in. I'm, I'm going to try to be sure to catch them on their way out. And then they're gone by the time service is done. And then I'm like, oh crap, I'll maybe, maybe I'll see him next week and then I'll never see him again. And that bums me out because I'm like, well, they snuck in, they snuck out. I'm sad I didn't get a chance to add to them. And that's probably on me as a pastor. I probably should have just barreled through everybody and got over to the other side of the church to say hi to them. But all that to say, rewind a little bit. If you're those people visiting a church, have a level of intentionality. And that may be going to the website, seeing their language. But I think it's a place to start. Yeah. That all, yeah, it's a good place to start. Ask some questions. But ask some questions. As a pastor, I say that as the three of us as pastors here, we want to talk to people. I think we, I think we want to share our vision. We want to share our intentionality. We want to share who the 456 is, and we want to know how we can serve you. And I think that being said as well, kind of back to what Mac had said of about uh, some people as a part of uh, Glen Meadows. If you aren't a good fit for the 456, we we want to help serve you to see how you can be a good fit anywhere else. Like sure. we, we want to figure. We okay, want you to be connected to yeah. an assembly of believers. Yeah, the goal is not to build our local church. Exactly. The goal is to provide an opportunity for people to gather together, to do yeah. life together, to worship together, to yeah. learn the word together. And yeah. so, yeah. So if you're if you're searching for a church home, um, and and you, you're you're say you move somewhere new and you go to a website and the website's is exactly Micah's parameters. Oh, <laughs> side, note, side note on that. Let me just define that a little bit. I'm not talking about a badly designed website. Yeah. Like there's... Oh, okay. That's what I thought. What I mean saying. is... No, what I mean is like if, if you have a dude who like... Who in the late 90s learned how to take a Word document and then post it online. Like if the web... If the website has a homepage that has a beliefs page and like that's... that's Even if you don't like the design, that's a website. Yeah, what yeah. I'm talking about is people who like... You go to their website and it's like a Word document that says, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean by a bad website. I got you. And what I mean by too dope is like, if if it looks like it's a carnival, it probably MySpace is. MySpace page. <laughs> Man, I miss MySpace page. Well, you know, so my, that's what I mean by bad website so is like, it's, you can't get any info from the website. Here's, here's what, okay. So, so here's what they're saying. Micah says, if it's an ugly website, don't go to that church. <laughs> <laughs> and Pierce says, if you're visiting a church and you don't talk to anybody and you leave, it's, it's your, your fault. fault. <laughs> so, hey, on that note, real quick, I think that to exemplify your point, the most core people usually in churches are the people who are willing to get in and have conversations with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. That's Ask what you're questions. trying to say. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that, like, if you're trying to find a church home, I think that what I'm what I'm also trying to exemplify as well is the try aspect part of that as well is that a lot of people, I think tried that they're trying to find a church home is their try is I, I came through the front door and now you do everything else. Yeah. You pick me up, take me to my seat. You give me my cup of coffee. You do everything. Back oh me. yeah. You're talking about like that kind of thinking is in my mind is from the institutionalization of the yeah. church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the assembly mm-hmm. to your point, Ryan is people gathering together. So right. if you're, if you're looking for a place to gather with other believers, then gather. Then yeah, gather. be active. Then gather. Yeah. Um, and then you can figure out whether that's a gathering you want to be part of yeah. or not. If you're someone, look, if you're someone who's looking to just go to a church and sit, then go to a church and sit. But what we're telling you is there's that's so much- That's not really the intent. There's so much more yeah. to be had in doing life with other people on a weekly basis, on a daily basis. Like yeah. It's, it's just so much more to it. Because what ends up happening is- they do that. They go to church and sit, and then they do that for a couple of weeks, and they think, "Why can't I find a church home?" But they went into it with the whole mentality, and not like, connecting. I'm just, I'm just going to go to this church and sit, and they're not. And I'm not saying that it's not other people's fault as well, for sure, because maybe other people Slip should be trying cracks. to connect with you and things like that as well. But all that to say, put forth some action, put, right. put forth some intentionality, and again. In today's day and age, that can look different. That can look like the contact us thing on a website. Reach out to a pastor. Say, hey. 
I saw this on your beliefs page. I kind of want to talk some more about it. And pastors are going to want to talk to you. Yeah. And if that pastor doesn't want to talk to you, then you know, okay, cool. Maybe this is a church. Maybe this is a church place. I don't want to make my home because this pastor has more important things to do um, than not cultivate his community. Or he, or what I mean by that is if you can't meet with the head pastor, but he directs you to a community pastor, then that's what he's doing is he's helping you. Um, does that make, does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, cool. Cause what I mean by that is like, there's are some people that like the head pastor CEO should talk to everybody. And if he doesn't, <laughs> he's going to hell. Yeah, exactly. Is that the, what it was? Yeah. I mean, I'm okay with yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> Cause I have heard some people be like, well, you that's know what? The, you, head, right? the head pastor wouldn't give me time. He kept trying to pass me off this pastor. And part of me is like, yeah, but what he's, what he said he's is helping like, you. Yeah. He's serving yeah. you. Like he said, hey, we have a system in place. I don't have time this week to meet up with you, but I've got these other people, part of our team, who I want to hang out with you. I don't have time this yeah, week. Yeah, it's a, that's a, I mean, that's an old model. Mm-hmm. And it's because that's how it used to work in, in a lot of churches yeah. where yeah. like the pastor would be in like the midst of everybody's lives within his church. But you also, you know, the, the mega church, if you will, wasn't a thing for a very long time. True. Yeah. You know, so like our church, even at its size right now, of already, well, I don't know how many people come to our church, like hundred and 150, 170. That would have been considered a huge church yeah. for a long time, yeah. you know, and very, very unlikely and probable that a single pastor would be able to be in the midst of all those people's lives at a church. That yeah. 75% of churches, this is an old statistic, so it might've changed something, but 75% of churches in the U S have less than a hundred people. Yeah. Oh, wow. And then from 75 to 95. So that next 20% has less than 500 people. So we're in that category. Mm-hmm. Wow. And yeah. then and then you have something like from 95 to 99 and a half have between 500 and 1,000. And then half a percent of the churches have more than 1,000. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think so, another thing that's really important that we would say is is a church that actually teaches the scripture. Well, I was going to, what I was going to say is because I think that needs some qualification just a little bit because there are a lot of churches that will open up the Bible, read a text, and then theoretically teach that text. So what I would encourage you to do is listen carefully, even if this doesn't mean you're sitting in the church service three weeks in a row, but maybe you've sat in the church service and that's led you to a decent website where you can listen to some other sermons from the pastor. Oh, wait, you mean like a qualification (laughs) would be like you could actually listen to their sermons online? Uh, but, uh, But you're able to listen really carefully. And if the theme of the sermon is how you need to improve and what you need to do to be better rather than who Christ is and what he's accomplished, like listen for who the yeah, the, the active uh, force is, mm-hmm. and if the active force is you rather than Christ, I would not recommend that as a church. If if it's teaching a dependence upon yourself and you improving and you being better rather than here's who Christ is and who He has made you to be, that's problematic. Like for if me. they were saying like how to live your best life now or how to be a better you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> every day is Friday. That but see <laughs> but see here's the thing right. What you just did I think is weaken the point a little bit. Right. Because everybody goes, oh, yeah, but I wouldn't ever listen to that guy. But way short of Joel Osteen, way short of Joel Osteen are a lot of people who it's. uh, And I think maybe to your point on the flip side where you're about to go is just as much danger. People who teach works of the law as as our basis in Christ. (laughs) Have you seen uh, (laughs) have you seen the meme floating around of Joel Osteen that says (laughs) if this doesn't look like Martin Short? Acting like he's Joel Osteen in a movie. I don't, you know, like it's <laughs> acting like he's Tim Allen or something. Act, like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is it? It's like Martin, Martin Short pretending Short, to be pretending, Tim Allen. Yeah. I don't know. To be it's, Michael Sarah or something like that. It's and they crazy. Find the three of them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so funny. Yeah. Anyway, did. the church, a collection, a group. I, I think another thing, just, I know yeah. we can go on this forever, but like one more thought is like a church that, that actually wants to be part of each other's lives. Absolutely. Like wants to have community together. Yeah. If, if it's a church that just does programs over and over again, it's not necessarily a bad place to be. I just think it's not, it's, you're still missing the opportunity to have this incredible yeah. relationship with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're just, you're missing out on the joy of what you could have. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So the church yeah. is the bride of Christ. The church, the church is the bride the of Christ. The local church is a bunch of people who put their faith in Jesus simply to go, oh, this is it. This is it. So I, somebody, some, I saw somebody say that Joel Osteen looks like Martin Short pretending to be Tim Allen. And I can't unsee it now. <laughs> it's the most accurate statement. I mean, yeah. Wow. Is that what he looks like today? Cause that's what he looked like when I was like 15. I don't think he ages, man. He doesn't. I hate those people who don't age. Come on. You Asian. (laughs) (laughs) I saw saw a picture of myself the other day and I was like, man, I looked 
like soft, like just really clear skin. And I was like, I look old now. Like I look bad. And uh, the guy who texted me, I said, when, when was that from? And he said, 2019. And I was like, man, I'm, two years have been rough to me. <laughs> and then he goes, nah, man, it's just my camera. It was broken back then. It, <laughs> it, made, it made everybody look soft. <laughs> That's funny. I, uh, so, sorry, man, I, I look at myself in the mirror every day. And every day you can see it <laughs> every day <laughs> and i'm like man the bags under my eyes are getting bigger and the wrinkles around my eyes and the light fixtures that we put in that house right uh in the over the sinks i really like them they look nice but for whatever reason so you'll put in there's three light bulbs over my wife's sink three light bulbs over my sink and for whatever reason it's kind of a loose fit in there and so you put the, the light bulbs in and then Occasionally, they just start going out one at a time. They just start going out and they'll start, they'll flicker for a little bit. And it's like a horror movie. Something's wrong. And you're standing there in front of your mirror and it's like a horror that. movie and you're getting these shadows <laughs> under your eyes. You're like, oh, you know, it's like, golly. That's yeah, not okay. So we, we had, we had six. We're, we're down to one now, <laughs> one bulb. And I replaced some this morning. And so that's an issue I need to look at for sure. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't mind. So the church, the church <laughs> is, the bride, is the bride of Christ. The church is the bride um, of Christ. Yeah, I think I think it's 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 easy for us listening, us listening for you guys listening, <laughs> uh, and for for those of us who are involved, to get into a mindset of of attendance for us to get into a mindset of of routine and roles. Uh, if you volunteer at your church and those types of things, to think like. This is just what I do. This is who I am as a Christian. This is this is this is this is just part of it. And they think like, uh, and it's good to point back at something. I was just talking to somebody about baptism as well, and how and how like little, these things in our Christian life, those are things that it's easy to point back on and say, "Well, I was baptized, so therefore I'm a Christian." Well, I went to church on Sunday, so therefore I'm a Christian. And it's easy to point back at these things, these things that we do, and say, "This is this is the weight or the foundation upon my Christian life," and that that's where you point back and you prove to people that you're a Christian, or it's <laughs> you prove to God that you're a Christian somehow. Um, whereas it is. Um, is our faith in Christ. And so mm-hmm. the same thing with, with the church, the church is the, the, the collective, the, the bride of Christ. And so that's, that's what makes us the church mm-hmm. is, is who we are in Christ. And so we are, we are Christ's people and we are drawn together to be that. And so as we gather together in local bodies, as, as churches, um, we, we live out who we are as the church mm-hmm. and, uh, and take to heart these, these practical, um, applications that we have put forward for you guys that, that you'll you'll move around and you'll you'll shift around. actually you know what well real quick uh i wouldn't mind you guys sharing and i can share it too um one of the things that 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 we've tried to exemplify um and try to shift the culture in is um people move around a lot for school and for work and for a lot of things, and one of the things that that we've tried to kind of shift the culture in is maybe instead of moving for all these different things, is maybe maybe moving for or staying put for a community or for the church, the local body that we're in. And so, um, I don't know. I mean, that's that's. I mean, am I remember? Am I wrong in saying that? Well, it's. A, I mean, it's a long conversation. I think it but is the, a the long short the short version of it because I think. I think that was hard to understand a little bit, but it was. And that's, the, that's what I was saying. That's the short version of it is biblically speaking, when you look back at guys like Abraham, they built community because they couldn't just pick up and move somewhere else without packing up their whole family and going. Mm-hmm. Now you can go to college halfway across the country or around the world. And then after that, you can fly to another place around the world and get a job. And we, we are, it is so easy for us to move mm-hmm. that we do. And as a result of that, very seldom are we being are we able to put down roots and build community. So Micah uh, and I, Micah is still traveling and preaching some. I I traveled and preached for twenty something years. Um, we've had churches through the years who have offered us other jobs. And the thing that we kept coming back to is we want to be at a place with the four fifty six, which is uh, twelve years old. Last month it was twelve years old in September. Uh, we want to be at a place there where we have developed relationships, where we have some longevity, where we've watched these kids who um, 
I mean, like we've seen people in our church get married. Like we've seen mm -hmm. people in our church have kids. Like we're watching families grow. Uh, my brother-in-law who was on staff at a church for 18 and a half years at first was the children's pastor and then eventually became the youth pastor. And so there were literally kids that were in his children's program that he is then, then he was then their youth pastor that he's then done their weddings. And he knows these families and he's walked mm -hmm. with them. And that's kind of missing, I think, in our culture today because everybody's so in a hurry to be somewhere else. And I, I do think that there's great value of finding a place and being connected to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that there was, there was a lot of talks that we had had kind of in, uh, in our small group. I don't know what we called it all back then. I guess small groups, uh, with a lot of the college students a few years ago, Micah, um, because of that mindset, because, because of the way that we're trained and we're taught is, is okay. You're going to graduate. Where are you going from there? Okay. You're going to do a two years associate program. Where are you going from there? Okay. You're going to get your bachelor's. Where are you going from there? And it's, that's kind of our culture is exactly that. Well, and the stories I hear a lot are people who say they'll, they'll message us back and be like, you know, we're, we've been away from you guys for a couple of years. We're having such a hard time finding a church. Mm -hmm. You know, you spend years and years and years trying to find a community for, I mean, I'm not saying it's wrong, but like you left for the sake of a job yeah. and you've sacrificed potentially an opportunity to have the spiritual growth with people doing life together to, to watch your kids grow up in a culture that you think is important as far as their spiritual growth goes for a job. And I think it's yeah. to your point, I don't think it's wrong. I'm just right. saying like so our culture is so bent on success in industry and in, in yeah. careers that we sacrifice the thing that seems to be so core yeah. for us in like biblically speaking. Well, not to relaunch this whole talk that we were wrapping up there, Pierce, but I, th I, I honestly, <laughs> that was such a shift and that is not talked about anywhere. No, it's not. It's really not. And I think it's very important but in the midst of the conversation. It the is, church. but to flip it on its head, uh, instead of, cause that's talking about the church goer, mm -hmm. um, the, oh, true. The, the problem is also that we see pastors who have kind of a lifespan of 18 months to, to three years at a church and then they're gone because they're looking for the next big thing true. instead of being somewhere and building community. Or be, I think there's a lot, probably more of them that leave because um, the people are so bad to them. Yeah, and that's, that's part of it. And I think that to our conversation originally is in my mind from the institutionalization of the yeah. church. Mm. Well, you have, you have, I mean, in, in the the tradition we all grew up in, you have deacons who function as overseers. Yeah. And that's who run the show. Yeah. Who run yeah. the show. And that's, I mean, honestly, like I got a buddy pastors not too far from here that I asked him something happened last year. And I was like, dude, how do you even pastor a church after this? Like, where do you go? Like, if they're not going to listen to like the direction for you in this, he was like, dude, I have no idea. Yeah. Like yeah. this is the kind of situation yeah. pastors are in. Yeah. And so you go from one place to the other or whatever. And, um, I, I think because, of this idea of pastor CEO kind of boss. I do think though, when a pastor, I'm more cynical than you, you're, you're looking at it from the, the side of the pastor being picked on by the deacons, which does happen all the stinking time. Uh, I'm thinking more of the guy who gets a job to get to pat his resume and then goes to the next church and then he goes to the next church and then he goes to the next church until he gets the job he wants, you mm -hmm. know, like really wants. Uh, but it's hard for a church. Like you're asking people to trust you. You're asking people to share yeah. their lives with you and their families with you. And that's really hard to do if, if first of all, if you have a pastor CEO model mm -hmm. where that's the guy, you know, and then it's really hard to do if that guy changes and it's a new family and a new person every, every few months. And so community and building community really matters. Yeah, like absolutely. It. Well, I'm sorry to bring it up, wow, Ryan Pierce, but I do think that it is sorry I, that our podcast was two hours today. I, I think, Pierce. yeah, no, I think that it is something that what we in culture, especially in Christian culture, there has been this huge shift to be like, okay, I have aligned my life with Christ, and there is this there 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 has been at least in my kind of circles, there has been more of a shift of like, okay, it is not like Jesus first, and then this big list. It is Jesus, yeah. And then how does that bleed and permeate into my life? And there's more and more and more of this understanding, but for some reason, when it comes to trajectory of life, career dictates where that guides and how that is fed down the path. It's the first and question you ask somebody when you meet them. Exactly. What do you do? What do you do? And which is fine. There's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with moving for a job. There's nothing wrong with any of these I'm things. I'm a fisher person. But I'm a fisher person. <laughs> um, no context for that joke. There's no, and we're not they even going to give it to him. <laughs> no. um, 
but it's not like even even for somebody who has been like who has had so many of these thoughts and these questions for so long in my own life three four years ago when these things were brought up in in our small group i was like huh yeah why don't we stay put <laughs> like why can't we just fight to stay find a job here whenever the majority of my life is going to be wrapped around this community mm-hmm. and i mean we have christmas movies every year that say hey a job's not more important than your family hey <laughs> and like, hallmark yeah, is exactly. the best theologian <laughs> like, like even the world gets it we as christians have a have a bigger understanding of of this like come on now like we like, really so anyway all that to say I mean, a there's a reason why I brought it up. Find, find a, a community, community and stay. Find a yeah. community, stay. The church is the bride of Christ. We, we as the people who have, uh, have placed our faith in Christ, we are the church. That's the simpler view of church. Just because you attend a church, it doesn't necessarily mean you're you're a part of it. What's what's the uh, just because you're in a garage doesn't mean you're a car. What is yeah. is that the Tozer quote? Who was it? It was like Tozer or Lewis. One of those. I don't know. My college that. pastor used to say it all the time. I don't know yeah. who he got it from. I forget who it was. Just because you're in a in a garage doesn't mean you're a car. <laughs> just because you're in a church doesn't mean you're a Christian. So, all that fun stuff. Well, if you guys don't have anything to add, sorry to derail us for a little bit. Um, <laughs> Micah, you got a simpler hack for us? I do. I do. It is the fall officially. Yeah. Now, I believe the end of September is officially the fall, but I, for whatever reason, it's like, I feel like the uh, flies and mosquitoes know that their end is coming for yeah. the year in a lot of places. And I don't, what is, I don't know what it is about the fall, but the flies just come out like crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so I learned about this uh, dope way to deal with, if you have a pesty fly, like you can't get rid of, you can't, like you can't get it, you can't swat it, you don't have like any way to kill it in the moment, um, a really quick and easy way to uh, deter it is to spray it with Windex. Apparently Windex <laughs> keeps them from being able to fly. <laughs> so, and you don't have to aim really good with Windex. Nice. Just spray it, spray it with Windex in a, in a bottle and it will uh, cease to be able to fly and you can kill it and be done with it. So nice. that's how you deal with pesty flies. Just and your windows with, are getting cleaner too. Just, just, spraying, cleaner. Yeah. just spraying with Windex. That's what you got to do. Just coat the flies. There was a, I forget who I was talking to, but I was talking with somebody about a hack like that because it like, it like, cause it does, it coats their fly, it coats, coats their flies, it coats, coats their wings. And, uh, and I was like, I was like, yeah, so yeah, just do this. And they were like, oh, so torture them to death. And that was their first response. What? And I was like, it's a fly. And I was like, but bro, it's a fly. Like we're fine. And he's like, yeah, okay, fine. And I was like, so apparently I was the bad guy in that situation. Cause you killed a fly. Cause I killed a fly. Speaking of being a fly, Steven's, he's probably pro-choice. Steve, Steven's over there. <laughs> it's not the worst one I've had. It's not the worst one. Like a fly on the wall. <laughs> oh man, uh, we're at the Garden Audio as always, um, and uh, Steven's keeping it fly. <laughs> and uh, keeping it flies. I don't know. Yeah, no. That were you trying to play this? Hey, hey, there we go. Uh, yeah, go follow at the Garden Audio on on social media. See what he's got going on. Stephen Stephen knows all about gear. Stephen likes keeps keeps it hot in the studio. All that fun stuff. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. We're we're on uh, we're on social media. Well, we're at, are you we're, having another stroke? I don't know anymore, man. We're gonna we're gonna wrap it up real fast. So I'm just pass are you out. Trying to segue we're, again? I know. <laughs> oh got, man, I'm just caught up on it. Uh, we are at Simpler Pod on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, and find us all on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe where you can. Leave a review where you can. It helps. And again, get in contact with us. Um, talk to us about stuff. Let's let's further the Simpler community. Um, give us submissions. We want to hear what you guys have to say. Like I said, we're every week now. because So you want to subscribe. You want to get the notification because you want to see what we got going on. And if you have questions or thoughts, let us know so we can turn those into episodes as we continue on. And as always, keep Christ as core. What could be simpler than that? We'll see you guys next week. Bye. <laughs>